Welcome to the Raising Thriving Athletes podcast, the show for coaches and parents of young athletes who want to set up their athletes for success on the field and in life, where smarter training beats overtraining and healthy habits replace visits to the doctor's office. Coming to you from Surf City, USA, this is Matt Swift, your host of the Raising Thriving Athletes podcast. So glad to have you on the show today. Uh, we have a little bit of a special episode here. We've been doing one episode a month for the first few episodes here, and we are putting out two this month at the beginning of January 2020 uh, with a special focus on the mindset of the young athlete. Um, if you didn't check out our last episode at the beginning of January, we had an episode um, going over the mindset of the of the athlete with a sports psychiatrist and a social worker. It was just a great episode. Be sure to check that out. And for this episode, we have another great episode with a, a sports psychologist, Dr. Michelle Clear, and we are going to go into that in a second. I just wanted to let you guys know that this podcast is brought to you by the Thriving Athlete 101 course, which you can get to at, uh, by going to sportschange.com. And what that course is, is just going over the fundamentals and the foundation of athletic health and performance for young athletes, teaching them the, the foundational things that they need to do to stay healthy and thrive as an athlete. Uh, be sure to check that out. And... Yeah, I'm super excited about this course um, that we have. Uh, there's just a lot of great, uh, just fundamental and foundational things that kids these days need to learn and establish and coaches uh, need to learn and establish as habits for the, the kids to, to keep them healthy. So if you're interested in um, doing that individually or with a team, this is a great um, tool to use to get your team or organization um, on a foundation of athletic health and performance. All right, before we get into the next episode here with Dr. Michelle Clear, I just want to let you guys know a little heads up here in April, we are going to be doing a 21-day summit, um, which is going to be 21 interviews in 21 days um, that will be on our Facebook page um, and the Facebook group page that we're forming. And so just a little heads up to check in on that. Um, it's going to be the Raising Thriving Athletes Facebook page. It's not created yet, but getting there and just giving you a heads up in April, we'll be doing that. So, all right. So Michelle Clear, Dr. Michelle Clear, um, she's a, a sports psychologist. And uh, this episode, we're going over just the uh, what, what she calls... Um, facing the demons or defeating the demons in your basically in your head um, during performance. So um, she is going to go over uh, just what points in performance do we have these fears, anxieties, worries that come up, and what are some ways that we can um, help our young athletes um, to overcome them. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Michelle Clear. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Michelle, for coming on the show with us here. And I'm just, uh, again, just really excited to have um, people like you and other guests we have on the show to speak to the parents and coaches here. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. 
Awesome. Always glad to speak to parents and coaches. That's good. Very good. Well, why don't you just yeah. give us a little introduction about who you are and what you do and um, just kind of get, get to know you a little bit here. Yeah, uh, Dr. Michelle, um, I do what I, I call it elite performance coaching. Um, and uh, basically, I help people to develop the mental skills or coping mechanisms to deal with their environment. Um I really do performance psychology, so I work with an array of performers. Most of my performers are athlete-based, but I also work with a wide variety of other performers. Um, I have a chess player. I have uh, um, I had an aerialist who uh, worked for Cirque du Soleil. Awesome. I have a lot of business people, singers, songwriters, musicians. So um, performance really runs the gamut of pretty much whatever people do yeah honestly yeah yeah definitely yeah very cool and so um going into so speaking to young athletes and in their sport uh, it's definitely a i think a topic that like it's not really looked at at first but then as especially as kids start getting to junior high and high school and they start having just a lot more pressures and things on them that um, this whole mental side of the game becomes a little bit more apparent. And um, I just, for this show, we we're just going to, wanted to, to kind of zero in on kind of some topics that there's a lot of things we could talk about, obviously, in that performance um, area. And I was, we looked at, there's an article you wrote on beating the demons. And mm-hmm. would you <laughs> mind uh, just sharing about that and what, what that's about? Yeah, sure. My beating the demon system really looks at those moments in performance where um, what I call the demons, the negativity, the doubt, the fear, the stress, the worries, whatever it is, um, where it pops up for people. Yeah. And depending on the type of performer you are, it will depend and vary a little bit, but generally for most all people, the initial place that it starts is before the performance even begins. And for some people that's seven days out for some people, maybe three days out for some people, the day before the night before for some relatively few, fewer, I'd say is the the morning over just before performance. So that's definitely one of those areas that I help athletes figure out how to deal with, uh, I really look at this from the perspective of, you know, how do we get you prepared? So, for example, you know, if if before performance someone needs to be calm and relaxed, how do we get you in that state? If someone needs to be a little bit pumped up, how do we get you in that state? Yeah. And then we build sort of a set of what we call pre-performance skills before the performance that's done in a mm, – I hate to I hate to use the word systematic. That's not my favorite word, but it's done in sort of a sequence that sort of works that helps keep the client in the headspace they need to be in, and also sort of away from again the worries, the doubts, the fears, the negativity, yeah, whatever whatever things are going on for them. So that's definitely the, the first area of beating the demons for sure. So in that that preparation uh, before the game. Yeah. And, or even the week of or the day of. And have right. you, let me ask you this question with um, uh, listening to music before mm-hmm. a game. Um, yep. I've heard, I just was reading someone else 
um, I think it was it was someone like a, someone in Europe, and they were saying how um, in America we we try to just pump everybody up, and then sometimes you just need to be brought down more. <laughs> but this idea of <laughs> like something like listening to music like to pump you up, but sometimes you're you're too pumped up, so right. you need to actually like have music that's gonna calm you down. I don't know if you want to speak. I guess it's all individual with that. But what what do you think about your your pregame music selection? <laughs> no, totally. Uh, it's got to be what you need to be, and that's why when I when I work with uh, athletes, I help them to figure out, you know, when when you played your best performance, what was happening before that, or what, you know, how did you feel, or what was going on. We sort of explore that a little bit, and then if they need to be a little bit pumped up, again, we talk about how to get there. You know, music is definitely a pretty common thing that people use to get pumped up. I have many, many other athletes who don't want to be pumped up, right? Because the nerves and the anxiety yeah. already make you feel like you're pumped up. So <laughs> they're already sort of experiencing that. They don't really want to experience any more of that. So many of them do want to be calm and relaxed. And it's about finding music that, yeah, absolutely, that's going to help you to feel calm and relaxed that's for good. sure. That yeah. just reminded me of when uh, my freshman year, I played on the basketball team at my high school. And, um, you know, I didn't start the game. I was on the bench, but I was still like pretty anxious. And then the, the coach put me in and it's the first time, like a gym full of people yelling and I get the ball <laughs> down the corner, shoot a three pointer and just shoots right over the basket to the, <laughs> like I airballed <laughs> over it instead of under it. And I was just yeah. like, I was like, whoa, I didn't know I was so like amped, you know, that I yeah. couldn't even control what I was doing. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. So you can see where that would be really helpful for yeah. someone. Yeah. Well, great. So there's the the pre-game preparation areas where yep. we can have these this mental um, areas come in. What what are some other things that you've found? Yeah, and you know, just real quick, um, I also just wanted to mention. I also have um, many athletes who like to get calm and relaxed, and then maybe get a little bit pumped up. So there's there's um, you know not just being pumped up, not just being calm and la- calm and relaxed, but yes, absolutely a combo. And, you know, I always say to clients, you warm up physically, but, you know, you never warm up mentally. So now we have to figure out how to, how to, you know, set that up for yeah. you. Um, Cause it, it, it's, it is really important um, because however you are off the court, um, the field, whatever, um, that is what's going to show up for you. Yeah. Right. So um this another place uh that i do a lot of work in is um you know after making a mistake yeah that's a really really hard thing for i think a lot of us honestly adults and kids to let go of um because what happens is you know we make a mistake and immediately sort of our ego wants to you know sort of reprimand us for that thing that we just did that wasn't absolutely perfect how could you do that what's wrong with you i can't believe you did that you practiced that you know yada 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 yeah um and as we know hanging on to those mistakes is not going to be helpful in any in any way um not during competition right because there's not really time to go back and do it again or do it over and you can't redo it you can't take it back so you know that's really what practice is designed to do not competition so um and competition is where there's you know a lot of pressure and expectations and things are moving quickly and so again just not that time to you know sort of evaluate right then and there 
the mistake you made and what you need to do to fix it. Yeah. One, so, one thing I was, I was wondering, yeah. So with, again, going with, with younger athletes, I, I believe, I just had this thought that as, you know, young, young athletes are also, they're just struggling to form their identity of, of who mm-hmm. they are and like, am I good at this or not? As adults, I think we're always still doing that. But to an extent, we have a little more history to, yeah, I messed up this time, but I've made it, you know, so many other times. But as as young kids, junior hires, high schoolers are coming in and they they mess up, they, I think that there's this maybe a little more harder to sift through. Like, is that just because I'm bad or is it because right. I, I just need to work through it? Um, and one thing as a coach, it's been, um, that's one of the most challenging thing I can picture a couple of players. So I know like probably the best kids on the field, but mm-hmm. they just don't realize it. They, they don't know that right. they are. And then they make a mistake and they just completely shut down. And, um, yeah. do, do you have any, uh, another, any magic pills for coaches with, <laughs> or if you have a player who's like, you know, they, they just mentally, they're just, whenever they make a mistake, they, they kind of go down, um, they just shut down any, any advice for that, that coach there? Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure I have a lot of advice. Um, it, it's tough. It's tough for coaches. I do a lot of work with coaches and, um, I think it is important for them to figure out how they want to be right with their athletes and with their, their teams, because frequently what ends up happening. And I think a lot of times this is semi-unconscious is that you know, if a kid does really well, we compliment that, right? Or a coach compliments that or a parent compliments yeah. that or a teacher. And then when they don't do well or they make mistake, right, we we don't say anything. Um, and I think that is part of the challenge right now in today's society is that, you know, unfortunately, kids are really, really needing that um, and really wanting that. Um, and looking for that, um, especially because we live in a society that is right now very geared towards perfectionism. Uh Um, and it really is supported, um, at many levels to be perfect, right? To be perfect is to be good. To be perfect is to be, you know, the right way to be perfect is to be perfect, Yeah. you know? Um, I'm a type one on the Enneagram if that, if you know what that is. I don't know what the Enneagram is. You know what Enneagram is? is? All right. That's, no. Uh-uh, it's funny. No. Anyways, you can, yeah. I'll, I'll, you can go into that some other time. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I tell coaches, like, you know, just, um, you know, you have to be consistent. All right. So, you know, when a kid is, you know, struggling, be consistent. When a kid is doing well, be consistent. Right. So, I mean, I think that's one of the, one of the key ingredients here is, just not sort of withholding, right? If yeah. uh, if a kid maybe is struggling a little bit and yeah. maybe not, you know, performing at her or his best, yeah, um, because that message is read loud and clear. I often say, you know, I often give the example of how, you know, in school, I mean, even even at a young age, like before middle school, right? Kids are in school, and if one day you get like an A plus on whatever. Um, and the teacher's like, okay, Joey, wow, that was really awesome. You did a really great job there. Uh, a plus is so great. You're such a good student. And then the next day, you know, Joey gets a, you know, an A and does not get the same feedback. Well, what do you think that interpret, you know, how, yeah. do, how do you think Joey interprets that? Right? Like, 
oh, wow, I didn't get an A+, plus, so I'm not going to get the feedback I want, so I must not be a good student. I must not be good enough. I must not be a good per. you know, so yeah, yeah, it goes on and on. It goes down that. Right. Yeah, yeah. and that's the, um, I think especially in, in coaching, it's even more apparent where it, maybe the, the coaching can go in both, like there's a pendulum swing of it, so where a kid messes up on the field and then the, the coach is just screaming at the kid, right. turning them down. Or like you said, maybe just silent or it's just like, Hey, that's great. You know, <laughs> Like how do you, right. is this, this balance of trying to, we need to correct the issue, let them know that, you know, figure out how to coach them through it, but then mm-hmm. not reinforcing this, this negative right. thing. And I, I, that's what I found sometimes the challenge as a coach is, um, figuring out how to bring in correction, um, especially like during the game or, I mean, some coaches might, you know, not want to, might not agree you should correct, you know, coach during the game, but um, just so that the kids can learn um, during it, but without pointing out, like in soccer, we coach and someone scores a goal and almost every time after a goal score, the coach is going to, they feel the need to say something. So they're going to mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, Joey, you should do this or whatever. And then all of a sudden right. the kid thinks, oh, it's my fault that we scored a, this scored a goal on us. But yeah, it's, it's this yeah, totally. different, uh, kind of figure out how to, how to, how to coach through that, that failure without tearing them down and without being silent. It's a, it's an interesting, uh, place to go through. Um, when, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's this awesome quote that I use in a lot of, I don't remember who said it, honestly, but um, I use it in a lot of my presentations and workshops. It said, um, criticism complains and feedback explains. So huh. when I talk to coaches, I try to talk to them about like what feedback versus criticism looks like. And I think that differentiation just in and of itself can be really helpful. That's great. Yeah. yeah. One one more thing on, on this uh, failure thing. And if you can... Maybe taking it from a, a team perspective of, mm-hmm. and again, maybe speaking to the coach here where, um, you know, I've been in situations where the team's been losing. And so we're like three, four games into the season and we've lost every game. Um, do you have any, and kind of putting you on the spot here, but any any tips for <laughs> how to um, kind of bring those kids around without, um, yeah, like how do, you, how do you bring them around to, to be excited to to focus on the game, even in the midst of a losing season, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I think there's a couple of ways to do that. Um, I think, you know, one is, um, you know, I'm always a proponent of trying to get kids to focus on like their performance. That doesn't mean the team doesn't exist, but that means like, um, you know, focus on what you want, focus on what you want to work on, yeah. you know, focus on what your goals and expectations are. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I encourage coaches to do with kids uh, starting at a very young age, because again, like the other, one of the other big problems that we're having in our society right now is that kids are not developing autonomy. They're not developing communication skills. Um, I mean, even in high school. And I think one of the problems, um, or I, I mean, I think one of the, um, 
things that needs to change is that, you know, kids, again, because of this perfectionistic thing, it's almost they rely more on, again, coaches and teachers to sort of tell them what to do versus, you know, using those critical thinking skills. So whenever coaches can start to, you know, build that autonomy a little bit um, and empower kids to like really be a part of the process. And that helps to obviously increase motivation and also confidence. So I find that that, that is really helpful. Um, you know, having maybe a common goal or a mission statement or whatever, I think around the team can also be helpful. Um, uh, you know, I think just communicating to kids sometimes can be helpful. That's good. Right. I mean, again, we like communicate, you know, Oh, you didn't do this right. Or, you know, Oh, you didn't do that right. Or, Oh, that was pretty good. You know, or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, we don't often, you know, talk about like, okay, wow, we have, you know, our season is not going the way that we want it to go. Like, how do we, how do we bring this back together? How do we, how do we keep going forward? How do we keep working together? Um, you know, building team, team work skills yeah. too. I think is another great thing, right? So That's good. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was saying like, I kind of hear you. I guess what I hear you saying is that the coach can can frame the goals for the team in a way that's not necessarily completely tied to winning and losing so mm-hmm. you know the kids are automatically going to come in with the goal is to win which obviously it is for everyone but that is not always in our control i guess kind of right. from a um i'm reading this book uh, four disciplines of execution i mean if you've uh-huh. heard that book but it talks about like lead measures and lag measures more of a a, a business stand here but like a log measure is a goal like win, win the game it, but you already once you get there it's already it's already happened and mm-hmm. there's other things that are you can measure that will get you to that goal but maybe like as a coach focusing on before the game or framing okay this is our goal we're gonna do you know we're gonna if it's basketball we're gonna hit you know 80 percent of our free throws or whatever it is um that might be helpful for for building um, towards a team. I, I think for me too, it's been helpful. Like this past season, I had a, a team that was winning every game by like in, in soccer, just like, you know, we had to hold back a bunch. And so yep. it was difficult for the kids <laughs> to keep them engaged. Cause okay, now we need to, we need to come up with different goals besides just winning. Cause that's going to happen in the first quarter, you know? So. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, I don't think we, I think we do what we do because we want to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I always say, look, that's a given. Like, like that's the point of the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It literally right? is. The, yeah. The different, the point of the game that you're playing is to win. Yeah. And so we don't even need to think about that. We can set that aside. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then it, yeah, and- yeah it's just, it's just, you know, this hard thing to be in where, you know, winning isn't everything and it's true. But then when you don't win, you're everyone's disappointed you know like no one's having fun when they're losing most of the time um but at the same time if we make it our focus i'm just gonna win then that gets that gets pulls us a a wrong direction sometimes as well so yeah and i don't know if you know um seth godin but he's he's kind Uh of a you know he right he does a lot of like business stuff as well and um he uh i just posted this the other day about uh losing with style um uh, and he was just talking about how, uh, I don't know why we judge ourselves like 
you know, we're measured by uh, how we win, but we should be measured by how we lose because, you know, really in this, in this world, we're probably going to lose a lot more than we're going to win, honestly. Yeah. So it was kind of an interesting, um, it was kind of an interesting thing, but uh, yeah, so process goals are really important. Um, You know, I frequently say, you know, if you're even just thinking about the alphabet, like A to Z, you can't just jump from A to Z. You have to go A, B, C, D. And it's kind of a simple example, but it just like proves the point that, you know, you got to stay present in the process to sort of get to the finish line, to get to the end. That's so good. Great. Dr. Michelle, thank you for your time. I have I have one more question for actually I have sure. two I have two questions here and then okay. we'll we'll wrap this up. Um the my question here is um the car ride home. So the parents in the car yeah. with the kid and do you have any tips for the car ride home after the game? Um whether they let's say they did really bad. Um, since we're on that topic, any, any do's or don'ts in the, the sure. car ride there? Yeah. yeah. I work with my young clients to, uh, figure out what they need from the car ride home. A lot of kids don't actually know because again, they sort of just take what they get. Yeah. Right. And even though they know they're not happy with that, they don't really know what else to do. So, you know, part of the, um, uh, beating the demon system is also, um, coming up with a way to be able to objectively evaluate performance, (coughs) excuse me. And then what I, you know, talk to kids about is, Hey, what if you took this to your parents? Hey, what if you took this to your coaches and you sort of led the conversation or talked about what you wanted to talk about? Because again, I think that's empowerment, right? That's building motivation. That's building confidence. Um, And I, I just think that kids, if they knew they could lead those conversations, would feel much better leading those conversations. And I think one of the things that, you know, what I hear from parents is they're always concerned that kids aren't really thinking about it. And it's uh-huh. like, they're always <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> they might not be thinking about it in the way that you think about it, right? Or the, maybe the way you want them to think about it, but they're always thinking about it. Yeah. Um, if, again, if we go back to the premise, like uh, if you're playing sports, the bottom line probably is winning. Everybody wants to win. Then uh, everyone's thinking about like, why didn't I win or what do I have to do to win? Right. Yeah. So um, I, 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 and I also, I also talk to parents about um, just ask some open-ended questions, you know, what would you like to talk about? Um yeah, and just sort of be open um, rather than like, you know, talking about what you think you saw or didn't see or what you think happened. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Very good. Well, yeah. how how can uh, people get in touch with you and, and how can people, uh, like maybe a little bit about some of the services that you can do for parents or coaches and how, how could they get in touch with you? Yeah, so my website, um, drmichelleclear.com. Um, I have a contact form there, uh, and it's great because you can put a little bit of information in there. And then I have a uh, free 30 minute phone consultation, which is there's no obligation. Awesome. I mean, even if you someone just has a few questions that they want to ask or something that they want to talk about, I I'm I'm really here to provide people with uh, information whenever possible. Um, but always love to chat with people about what's going on and. 
if we do further work from there, that's always great. And if we don't, that's great too. So oh, that's generous. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Michelle. That's been, I love this conversation. It's been awesome. Um, and we'll definitely, um, be, uh, be maybe reaching out to you in the future for some further <laughs> conversations if you're up, <laughs> up for it. So. Absolutely. Great, Matt. Uh, it was a, a pleasure to be on and, uh, yeah, if you need anything else, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to love to show up again. All right. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have our conversation with Dr. Michelle Clear. Uh, just a, a great conversation there. I really love the practical applications that we were able to get into in that conversation. And just uh, being mindful as parents and coaches that there are these times during performance where um, some um, emotional, mental things can pop up and just finding ways to be able to um, at that point, be able to help the, the young athletes develop. So pregame and and failure is another, that's one area where I just really think that we can have a huge impact on the uh, just the lifelong lessons that kids are going to learn in that. So the thing with, with failure in sports is that when you sign up to play a sport, you are signing up to fail. Like that is what happens like you are signing up you're like i'm gonna do something and i'm gonna i'm gonna fail at this and it's not necessarily like i'm gonna be a really bad player but it's that you're you're setting yourself up for failure whether that's a tournament or a game or a a pitch or up to bat or shooting a basket or shooting a soccer ball or passing whatever it is like you are signing up to fail at something and so being able to uh, walk a, a kid through on how do you deal with that failure. So now that you got this, okay, great, you, you failed at something and you didn't make the team, you didn't win the game, you missed the shot at the buzzer, whatever it is. And, and how do we coach them through that to be able to take that failure and then actually be it something that propels them forward instead of being something that tears them down? And um, so this is just a great example of why I love youth sports and the, the lessons that we can learn in here and teach kids um, will definitely um, carry on through the rest of their life, in their career, their families, um, wherever they end up going. So great episode. Thank you, Dr. Michelle, for joining in with us. Definitely check her out um, online. And uh, if you guys need some help from her, definitely reach out to her. Um, you can always reach me at matt at sportschange.com. Um, you can check out our website, sportschange.com. That's our local uh, physical therapy clinic in Huntington Beach, and we always have things going on there. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and also, as always, if you rate us and like the show on uh, iTunes, that would be very helpful. Hope you enjoy this episode. Have a wonderful day. And remember that youth sports last for a season but the lessons learned last for a lifetime.